Now, from BetQL, it's time for the Daily Tip with Michael Jenkins. Dang it, he's talented. And let's be honest, I go for ambition, not look. And Chelsea Messenger. Don't kill the messenger, or the messenger will kill you. Hey, Dad, don't forget about me, the dunkster. Presented by BetMGM. It is the Friday morning good time edition of the Daily Tip from BQL presented by BetMGM. Coming up in our final hour, Chelsea and David discuss who the better parent is when it comes to raising children, a mother or a father. At 620, they delve into the ongoing conflict in the Middle East between Israel and Palestine. And then finally at 640, find out what the dongster thinks about U.S.-led coalition forces attacking Yemen because of ongoing issues in the Red Sea. Oh, my God. Wow. Thank God we're not doing any of that. That would be something. No, it's going to be football, (laughs) football, football, and more football. We're joking around because if you missed earlier in the show, Double D and Chelsea had a a, a friendly discussion about parenting. And Chelsea, I caught you calling Double D David. And that's when I knew, oh, this is a serious discussion. David, do you do that with Jake where you normally call him honey or sugar bear? Or something like that. (laughs) And then when you're angry, you say Jacob or something like that. I don't know if his real name is Jacob. Do you find yourself doing this? I feel like it's pretty common. I do think it's common, but I don't think I do it. I call David by his real name occasionally. Um, I do think that you are spot on that most people do this. Like most moms do this. Like, isn't this a thing with moms and saying your full name? Like when you're really in trouble. And I haven't done this yet. Like, I feel like I miss, like, the mom gene on that part because I've never been, like, Blake L. Because, like, that also doesn't have, like, a hard connotation to it. Like, that even, it sounds too frilly to be, like, intimidating. So maybe it depends on the name. Do you believe in the, I'm trying to think of the word for this, certain names and certain clusters of letters sound more intimidating than others? Like, the hard K. Oh, yeah. Like, there are a lot of, like, curse words that have, like, these hard-sounding, you know, I don't know the word for it. Like, uh, do you know what I'm talking about? There's a name for it. Yes. Well, if there's a more... Etymology, maybe? Yeah, or a more... If there's a more demonstrative or more definitive sound to a certain letter, like L is Mm -hmm. L, but if it's an M or a D or a P, something you can emphasize or pop, I spit everywhere here, then I think it just sounds more (laughs) intimidating. You know, like I can remember when I, I remember the last time my mom used my middle name and it was definitely in high school. I told the story about how I got in trouble for pretending to sniff liquid paper on the air my senior year. And I thought it was hilarious, but my mom was next door. My mom was a junior high teacher an honors English teacher. I had my mom for a class in junior high, which was something. And so she was right next door. So if anything happened in high school, and I was, I mean, obviously, sniffing liquid paper or pretending to is pretty lame, but that was the kind of practical joke stuff that I was doing. It wasn't anything serious. But she heard about it immediately because she was right next door. So let me tell you, when I was at home and I heard my mom walk in the door, I heard Michael Anthony Jenkins, and I knew, oh, God, here we go. Trouble. That's the that's the one moment when my mom said my middle name that I always remember because it was so very just 
demonstrative the way she said it. Michael and, and I was like, oh, God, here we go. Yeah. So I think that happens a lot. Every now and then, Catherine never calls me Michael. When Catherine calls me Michael, I'm like, what? But every now and then, she'll say Michael. And I'll be like, oh, wow. She's being serious now. So that's what I thought of when you called Double D David. Even though, to your credit, you do do that from time to time. So let me get this straight. Catherine calls you Jenks? I feel like that's no. kind of odd. No, she doesn't call me Jinx. She, she calls me babe. Oh, or, she calls yeah. you sugar bear. <laughs> she calls me sugar bear. Oh, sugar bear. But yeah, she doesn't call me. She, I do not like being called Jinx by Catherine. Catherine will do it from time to time to annoy me. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, she never, she knows, she does not do that ever. But every now and then just to get under my skin, she'll be like, hey, Jinx. And I'll look at her like, Catherine. And then she'll start giggling. That's my work ah, name. It sounds weird. That's my work name. <laughs> no, she never, uh, she never, she she calls me a lot of pet names, but never, like, rarely Michael and definitely never Jinx. Like, that would be so weird. Yeah. I so call wait, my husband you... Bay. Oh, go ahead, Bill. I was just saying, when you first started mm-hmm. dating, she's not calling you a pet name the first no, time No, she out, started. So... Call me Michael, yes. Okay, I didn't know if it was... No, no, no. Not if she called you Mike or Michael, because I've never heard anybody call you Mike. No. Okay. The, she right. called me Michael initially, and I called her Cat initially. And Cat does not like that. No, no, no. No, no Cat does not. No, she does not. Is Catherine, and she hates Kathy. Hates Kathy. Kathy. Oh, my right. God. I've never called That's her Kathy. That's given her yeah, three years. Yeah. So, and Catherine's last name is Howard, which is not hiding anything. If you follow me or you see Catherine, she doesn't hide her name. So Catherine Howard obviously has some historical connotations. So she likes her name, Catherine Howard. She doesn't want to be called Cat. So, which I don't blame her. So I have a handful of guys that call me Mike, but it's a very specific group of people. And then I have, when I first moved here, it's weird. You know when I moved here or when I met you based on what you call me. I have some friends that call me Jenk because when I was in Austin, I was known as Jenk. And my ex-girlfriend did call me Jenk, oddly enough, because she had a quirky sense of humor. So I have a lot of friends who call me Jenk, and they, but they've known me for 20 years, and they're here in D.C. And then I have a bunch of other people who call me Jenks, and those people are from the last 10 years. So it's, it's, it's odd in that way. What about you? Enough about me. What is a nickname an abbreviation i know chelsea probably drives you crazy but what are some of the names that you've heard and you're like oh god get out of town yeah that's what i was gonna say the split for me is the people who know me call me chelsea which is my name and the people who don't know know me call me chelsea and it's not even my name so at least people are getting your name like somewhat right like people don't even get my name right it's spelled exactly how it sounds like, it would be one thing if I had some long Russian compound name, but it's two syllables. Chelsea. Rhymes with yeah. salsa. It's not that hard. Nah, it's not. When I, the first time we did this show, do you remember when we were practicing? And I think a couple times I called you Chelsea, and now it sounds weird to me. Calling you Chelsea sounds so strange to me. I'm like, no, it's Chelsea. But I remember Hopefully. one of the critiques I got back was <laughs> we have to get Chelsea's name right. I'm like, yes, I know. I know. I know we do. I promise I will. I know. I'm, I'm aware. Which, I mean, fair. Fair, but also I'm aware that I must get my co-host name right. So we got that worked out pretty quickly. It's the Daily Tip from BetQL, presented by BetMGM. Chelsea, we are talking about none of that political nonsense. We got that over with. You and Double D. You and David. 
talked it out. So let's talk some football. It is Super Wild Card Weekend. Let's start Sunday afternoon. Packers at the Cowboys. Cowboys laying seven. The Cowboys are minus 350 on the money line. The Packers are plus 275. Your total at BetMGM. Send me a robe is 50 and a hook. This spread has come down overnight. All week long, it's been sitting there at Cowboys minus seven and a half. Now we're seeing Cowboys minus seven. I love the Cowboys at minus seven and a half. I like it even better at seven. But what do you think, Chelsea? I think I've been waffling on this pick. And in the tease, I said there is a very damning metric when it comes to first-year playoff quarterbacks or quarterbacks making their first start in the playoffs going against quarterbacks with playoff experience. Only covering 32% of the time, 17, 35, and 1 since the year 2002. But I feel like if there is one instance this weekend, because we have a lot of first-year or first mm-hmm. playoff time quarterbacks this weekend, if there's one quarterback that I think actually has a good shot to break this mold, I think it might be Jordan Love. And it's not because yeah. I think the Packers will win. I think there is a chance that we see a closer game for the Cowboys. If this was the regular season, I would be all over the Cowboys here because like you said, the playoffs or excuse me, the Cowboys at home have been absolute wagons. We know this is when you back the Cowboys, but this is the playoffs. And doesn't it make you nervous when you have a coach like Mike McCarthy, who has Mm -hmm. not been the greatest at time management. And if this game (laughs) is close, I feel like this is what makes me nervous. I can see the Cowboys squeaking by the Packers because let's give some credit to the Packers just a little bit. Over this last stretch where they won, I think, three games in a row, Jordan Love has just cemented himself as the future face of the franchise, or at least, you know, in the past few games. The run game has been much better. Aaron Jones has been good. So I do think the Cowboys win, but the seven makes me nervous. Do you think... There is a way to back the Packers here. Like, I feel like you're pretty strong on the Cowboys, but this is the playoffs. Yeah, it is. But I, man, I I agree with you. And we've talked about how playoff football is different. It hits different. But honestly, the Cowboys have been so good at all. The Cowboys are, I don't want to say Jekyll and Hyde because maybe that's overstating it. But the Cowboys' point differential at home has been remarkable this season. They have outscored opponents at Jerry World 299 to 127 over eight games. They're averaging 41 points per game. So, man, the Cowboys are just, they are absolute wagons when playing in Big D. And, yes, Yes, it's a playoff game, so games are naturally going to be tighter. But I just don't know if I see Green Bay having the horses to keep up with Dallas. And also, I'll, I'll say this. I know that when it comes to the Cowboys, there is a there is the thought, this is what the Cowboys do each and every single year. And I get it. You're, you're not wrong. The Cowboys have a fine regular season. They get into the playoffs, and they either let fans down or they get eliminated. But I feel like it's a little bit different for Dallas this year. Dallas has been sneaky good. The problem with Dallas is how are they going to perform on the road? But as long as they're at home, 
I feel like this number, honestly, is just a little short. And again, I keep going back to what we've talked about and the lack of success for quarterbacks playing in their first ever playoff game versus experienced quarterbacks. I'm going to back the Cowboys here. I think the number one narrative for the Cowboys that everybody who is backing the Cowboys is going to say is just that. The Cowboys at home have been a wagon. But I do think you need to investigate and look at some of these games that are kind of cooking the numbers because the Cowboys have played a lot of bad teams when playing at home that, you know, maybe are, you know, mm-hmm. skewing with some of those numbers. Played the Jets, beat them 30 to 10. They beat uh, the Patriots 38 to 3. But look at some of these games down the stretch and games where they're playing viable opponents. They beat the Seahawks 41 to 35. That is not a double-digit cover. You know, they did not cover the spread, I believe, in that game. Then their last mm-hmm. one, they beat the Lions at home 20-19. So, yes, it's impressive when they beat the Commanders 38-10. to I'm just saying mm-hmm. take that with a grain of salt because I would tend to lean your direction, but I do think it's important to always look at the sabotage factors, and I think that's one of them. Yeah, I think you're right, and – The Mike McCarthy factor is a factor. Here's the thing. If you think the Cowboys are going to blow out the Packers, which I think is a possibility, then I'm not worried about Mike McCarthy. But if you think it's going to be a semi-close game, close to this number, then I think coaching does matter. And then that's when you say, here's how I can make a case for Green Bay. Because even though Mike McCarthy has won a Super Bowl, isn't it strange, Chelsea? Do you know of another head coach who has won it all and yet is still sort of universally derided? It's kind of crazy. The way people talk about Mike McCarthy is like he's some sort of just numbskull who doesn't know what he's doing. He's won it all. I'm not saying he hasn't made bad decisions because both things can be true, and I think both things are true here. But it's amazing to me that for all of the criticism he gets, and some of that is – his rightful criticism, he still won a Super Bowl. It's an interesting thing to try and reconcile. Well, people say this about Bill Belichick. How many people are detractors of Bill Belichick simply because of Tom Brady? So this is just, you know, what happens when you have a Hall of Fame level quarterback, which is what Aaron Rodgers was when he was playing in Green Bay. But the point I was trying to make is that if you look at the recent stretch, the Cowboys at home, when they're playing good teams, let's look at this stretch, mm-hmm. you know, the final two months of the season. There is one case where they have, you know, blown out a team, and that was against the Eagles. Beat them 33-13. to 13. But the other instances, like I said, beat the Seahawks 41-35. to 35, Beat the Lions 20-19. to 19. So, like, that's their three last home games. So, when you say the Cowboys are really good at home, like, what games are you using? The ones against the really bad teams? That's yeah. where I feel like this metric needs to be examined and you need to make sure that it's not all of your handicap. Like it goes into it, just buyer beware. I think that's very good advice. I'm going to lay that seven with Dallas. Come on, Mike. Let's blow out the Packers on that way. You don't have to make any critical coaching decisions. That's the way to do it. Come on, five minutes here on the show. We will look at both the Sunday and Monday night playoff games this season with Matthew Stafford returning to the Motor City and Jared Goff playing his former team in the Rams. It is the Daily Tip from BetQL presented by BetMGM. We continue with our three when we come back.
Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip presented by Bet MGM <laughs> on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to the Daily Tip presented by Bet MGM <laughs> with Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the BetQL Network. Turn it up, David. <laughs> Stop it. Turn it up, David. Turn it up, David. Sends chills up and down my spine every time you say it. (laughs) That doesn't seem right. It's the Daddy Tip from BetQL presented by BetMGM. Great to have you along with us. The whole crew's here. Great to have the team intact. I'm Jinx. She's Chelsea. David's here. Double D's here. Bill's here. Matt's here. We're all happy to be here. It's a Friday. Coming up, we will talk more. Super Wild Card Weekend as the Eagles try to put things together just in time to make another Super Bowl run. Chelsea, I'm going to run this question by you. I would ask Lucy. She's not here because this happened in Cape Cod. There is a man who is demolishing parts of his home as part of a renovation. Well, a staircase was demolished as part of this renovation. And what did he find which had slipped between the cracks of the stairs years ago? A 72-year-old pack of baseball cards. A pack of 1952 Bowman baseball cards. So unopened, a fresh pack. So this is an amazing find, and I know a little about trading cards, and I can tell you that Bowman back in the day produced some incredibly valuable cards. So this man has an unopened pack. The pack itself, unopened, is worth about $15,000. But here is the catch. 1952 was a hell of a year. In baseball, because guess who were rookies in 1952? Mickey Mantle and Willie Mays. So what do you do? Do you sell this pack of baseball cards unopened? Maybe make yourself 15, 20 grand, or do you risk it, open it up, and maybe, just maybe, you get a rookie of Mickey Mantle or Willie Mays and make yourself millions or nothing at all, what would you do? You definitely open it. If yeah. luck has shined on yeah. your face that much Have to. already, you got to go for it. And also consider the source. I host a gambling show. So like, what do you think I'm going to pick? <laughs> like, this <laughs> is like the people who are like, should I cash out of my, you know, huge parlay? Yeah. No, you put this parlay in. With the hopes at winning a ton of money, mm-hmm. job quitting, not money that's like, okay, well, I've right. got a nice snap tag, you know, that maybe if I, you know, total my car or something, I will have money to fall back yeah. on. No, you open the pack. And plus, doesn't that provide some kind of value too? This pack has been in your house for this long and you're mm-hmm. not going to open it and see what's inside. Now I feel like Eve. When it comes to Adam and Eve, <laughs> this apple's been if, if sitting the, on that tree oh, for so long. If, 
You're not going to take a bite? You're going to take a bite. If the pack is in good shape, which I'm assuming if it's just yeah. been sitting there, even common cards I was going to say $100 a piece right. easily all day long. So you'll make some. And they'll, they'll be in yeah, perfect condition, zero. right? You would think. Yeah, you would think. So, And it's also about risk-reward, right? I'm not, I am not discounting, let's say, 15 grand. That's a lot of money. Okay? Mm-hmm. No question. However, if you're saying to me, would you risk, you're not, this is not your money, but would you risk potentially 15 grand to win a million dollars, maybe two million? Yes. Yes, I would. If it were, hey, you can take the 300 grand now or risk it for 500 grand. I'm like, nope, give me the 300 grand. It's over. I'm taking the sure bet. But I would absolutely take that risk. And Bill makes a very good point, which is you'll make some money just by virtue of the fact that these cards are 72 years old. So you got to open that pack. Mickey Mantle is 45K, and that's not even a perfect, like, ultimate perfect shape. It's half a million dollars. Yeah. But just, like, they grade them out, eights, nines. The Mickey Mantle would be around 45. The Willie Mays would be 37.5. Now, if they're pristine perfect, they're both close to half a million. Oh, you got to do it. Got to do it. Absolutely. I'd open those up. But I would also do it in front of a professional. Like, I would set this up. I'm not just going to, like, pop it open in my house. I would have security around. I'm not messing around with that. Ooh, what a find. Have you ever found anything like that, discovered anything, happened upon anything that was worth something of value? I think David wants to say something. David, you look like you have been chomping at the bit, camping at the bit. I'm an avid. David, what's up? I am an avid card collector. So for me, this is like the oh. this would be like finding the holy grail. Like seriously, cards that are yeah. that are in perfect condition from that day and age, absolutely one hundred percent. You do the responsible thing. You take it to a fellow collector, open them mm-hmm. at the collectors because they're going to have the protective cases and everything like that for you to, and you wear gloves and everything like that, and the possibilities. Like like Bill said, even if you don't hit on the big ones, you're still in the in the black. So go, <laughs> open them. Yeah, okay. You, you have so to. I always abide by you know the motto of if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. So what if you open this pack and there is a way to reseal it if you don't get the cards you don't want. No like, there's got to be a way, right? There's no way with no. the age. No. Definitely a way to do it. Ooh. No, you can you can do it, but an expert would the expert would figure it out immediately. And something like this that would go to mm. auction, the people that would be interested in it would fu- would figure that out. You you and I and the regular person may not. People that do this for a living yeah. would be on it immediately. Yeah. Well, and imagine Blood how. Losers. But I like that you're thinking like a criminal. No, Good job, Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> what? How can we scam everybody okay. here and just reseal the pack? The problem is, if you're that... buying a baseball card for this much money, that's your fault. The problem is, those packs are probably super brittle, super brittle because oh, of the age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And once you go to open them, True. I'm sure they'll probably crumble in thy hands. <laughs> In thy in thy hands. Oh, you're, I mean, you're not wrong. You're right. That's a very good point, too. 72 years old. I mean, I would, if I saw this pack, I'd pick it up and be like, oh, my God, and immediately put on the white gloves, 
put it in some sort of protective box. Just don't chew the bubble gum, Jenks. Oh, man, that's true. That's the first thing I would do. Pull out the bubble gum, start chewing away. Delicious. Chelsea, let's try to win some money since we don't have any baseball cards on Super Wild Card Weekend. And we start on Sunday night. Rams, Lions. Lions trying to win their second playoff game since, what, 1957? Holy Lord, what a drought. Lions minus three. Lions minus 165 on the money line. The Rams are plus 140 at BetMGM. Get me a robe. Total set at 51 and a hook. Chelsea, are we just going to stick with the Rams here like everyone else? I think so. Because here's the thing. If our first instinct was correct and we go against Mm it, isn't that one of the worst feelings in sports betting? When you say, okay, I was on the Rams. I was on the Rams. I was on the Rams. And then at the last minute, I changed my mind. And then I was wrong. That's a terrible feeling to have. So all week long, we have been preaching the Rams plus three. I'm going to stick with it here. I think this is a great spot for Matt Stafford and company. When you have the better head coach, the better quarterback, the better offense, and the team that has zero pressure to perform in the postseason, unlike the Lions, who have not won a playoff game since 1992, I feel like you take the points with the Rams. Uh, So I'm going to stick with it. It scares me a bit that it feels like this is the public dog of the week, but the Lions are good. I just feel like all the pressure is on them here. The fact that all of the hopes and dreams of Detroit fans will be resting on them at home and their favorites. So I'll be on the Rams. How much influence or how much do you put into head coaching here? We touched on this a little bit earlier, but when you talk about Sean McVay versus Dan Campbell, now Dan Campbell has done a fantastic job with the Lions. There's no question about it. But Sean McVay, I feel like, is a different level. Certainly a man who has won a Super Bowl. Crazy to think that he almost didn't come back this season. I think it was last year about this time. He said, I don't know if I want to return. I'm kind of burned out, decided to come back, has really overachieved with the Rams. But how much do you factor in maybe a head coaching advantage for the Rams? Yeah, it was one of my bullet points. When I said four things about this game, the better coach was one of the bullet points. So I think it's one of the main factors here. Yeah. I'm just saying that it's interesting to me that in some games you give head coaching more of an influence and in others it's really not a factor at all. Like there are some games in the NFL where head coaching doesn't factor in at all. And then other games where I think it's a big factor. We were just talking about the Packers and the Cowboys, where Mike McCarthy is sort of sitting somewhere in the ether. And yeah, if you think it's going to be a close game, you have to factor that in. In a game like this, I think you put more influence into your handicap when it comes to a head coach. Or do you sort of give it maybe a similar influence each and every time? I think it definitely matters more in the postseason. And Sean McVay has won a Super Bowl. And especially when you think there is a discrepancy between head coaches, because the example Mm -hmm. in college football was, you look at the game between Michigan and Alabama. When you have Jim Harbaugh going against Nick Saban, the coaching kind of feels like a wash. Both of those are very good head coaches. But when you look at Dan Campbell, who has a great personality, he gives great sound bites, but he's had some questionable head coaching decisions down the stretch in some of these games that have been close. 
So I think that's the difference is if there is some sort of discrepancy between the coaches, like I think we are seeing here. And plus, look at the job that Sean McVay has done with the team he's had this year. Mm -hmm. This was not a Rams team that was expected to be good. I know the narrative on the Lions in Detroit was lovable losers, but coming into the season, they have a lot of talent on the squad. Uh, so I feel like the coaching job has been better for Sean McVay. He's done the better job with the team that he has. Also, we need to mention that Sam Laporta is out for this one. He has been a yeah. great surprise for the Lions as far as the tight end position goes. He's out for this game. Uh, so that's a big part of their offense that's going to be missing. I feel like you will need all of your offensive weapons to keep track or keep uh, pace with what we're seeing with this Rams offense, because it's not just the passing game and the receivers who I think are in a good spot here against this Lions secondary that's been pretty uh, susceptible to the pass all season long. Kyron Williams has had a great season. Speaking of guys that you get in the second or third rounds, Kyron Williams, the running back, has had multiple massive games this season. So in the end, it is the Rams for me. I think all of the factors point to them, but I feel like the sabotage factor is this could be a very back and forth game because we haven't talked about a ton of totals just yet, but 51 and a half. Jenks, doesn't it feel like this will probably be a high scoring game? It's played indoors, two teams with good offenses. It does, but before we talk about that, we do have some breaking news that we need to get to. According to Adam Schefter from ESPN, the New England Patriots have hired Jared Mayo as their next head coach. So almost 24 hours after Bill Belichick and the Patriots part ways, Mayo, who played for the Patriots, won a Super Bowl with the Patriots, was their linebackers coach, is now taking over the team. And also, according to Adam Schefter, he will be formally introduced at a press conference next week. Wow. Ooh. That was quick. Jared Mayo taking over as the new head coach of the New England Patriots. He has been with the organization was with the organization from 2008 to 2015 as a player and has been with the team on the coaching staff since 2019. The Patriots clearly had a plan in place, and here we are. We all thought it would be Mike Vrabel. Are you surprised it wasn't Mike Vrabel? Well, yeah, because that's what everybody's been telling us. You know, that's what we're, yeah. where all of the breadcrumbs have been falling to. So I think that's your next question is where does Mike Rabel go now? Because that seems like the perfect fit in New England. But now, I would assume he's not retiring. Where does he go? You have to think that he will be one of the more sought-out head coaches because sure. he has a resume and, and certainly has the experience in the NFL. We know how the NFL works. They recycle coaches with experience all the time. But I am a little bit surprised that the Patriots didn't go with Vrabel. It's just crazy to think about. I'm kind of floored here to announce a new head coach of the Patriots and think, oh, yeah, for the first time in 20-something years, it is not Bill Belichick. But they are staying within the organization. We have about 30 seconds left here, so I'll ask you quickly. I know it's, it's, it, it's something that just happened, but do you like this instead of Vrabel? I think we knew this was coming, and like I said, mm -hmm. like Mike Vrabel came from a team where he didn't have much talent and he didn't have any say with the GM, so why would he want to go to New England? Because it feels like that would be the case there, too. 
Coming up next, will Chelsea abandon the mid-majors and bet on the NFL? Will the Donksters stop curbing on Aaron Hawksworth? We answer all those questions and more next on The Daily Tip from Beck UL, presented by BetMGM. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on The Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. On the BetQL Network. Let's get back to the Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins, presented by Bet MGM on the BetQL Network. Welcome back. Daily Tip from BetQL, presented by BetMGM. Great to have you with us on a Friday. I'm Michael Jenkins. She is Chelsea Messenger. We do have Best Bets coming your way shortly. I have to share this story that I'm reading on Twitter. And it was posted by Mark Shipper, who covers college football across various different outlets. And he said he was told this story by Bob Stoops. And it's about Nick Saban. So Saban was coaching at Michigan State in the 80s. We know this. And one day he was in Youngstown, Ohio, and he was on a recruiting trip. Well, Bob Stoops' uncle lived in the area, so Saban and Stoops' uncle decided to have lunch at a local tavern. So these guys start getting into it, talking about football, not getting into it fighting, but really getting into the weeds, the X's and O's, and diagramming plays on napkins and really talking about schematics in football. During this time, a guy walked into this tavern and robbed it at gunpoint. Did it pretty quietly, flashed a gun, got the cash from the register, and walked out. The police came, questioned everyone in the bar, but the bartender said, don't talk to those two guys referring to Stoops' uncle and Nick Saban. He said they didn't look up the entire time. They had no idea what was going on. And sure enough, neither Saban nor Stoops' uncle had any idea that the place was robbed. They were so into football and so into diagramming plays and talking about the sport that the place was robbed and they had no idea. (laughs) That's amazing. That's how you know you're a football guy. Oh, for sure. But distraction, isn't that one of like the oldest strategies ever for like warfare? Because, you know, like this criminal did not know this was happening, but I feel like it probably helped. Did anybody in the bar know who these people were or this wherever it was happening? Did anybody know who these coaches were? Because think about it. If you're a robber and you're about to rob a bar and there is a celebrity in there, Like, think about it. Everybody's going to be looking at the celebrity. This is actually the greatest tactic ever. So if you could, like, join forces with a celebrity, like, say if, you know, you happen to have a favor from Justin Bieber or, hell, Taylor Swift, I feel like you could rob whatever place you wanted because everybody would be looking at the celebrity. Yeah. Well, coming up next to BetQL Daily, John Daig will join the show and talk NFL wildcard weekend along with his favorite props. And you know they're going to discuss the new head coach for the New England Patriots. The news just broke on Twitter thanks to Adam Schefter from ESPN. 
Gerard Mayo, the linebackers coach for the Patriots, has taken over for Bill Belichick, and an official press conference will be held later on in the week. I have to say, we knew that Mayo would be one of the candidates, but I am a little surprised, and we touched on this in the last segment, I thought Mike Vrabel would get a little bit more consideration, but considering the timing here, it feels like they had this planned out, Chelsea. I think it was definitely going to be one of the two options. I am definitely not shocked that they stayed within the organization. I knew it would be somebody who had some kind of ties Mm -hmm. to the quote-unquote Patriot way, because doesn't it feel like they're trying to keep that alive? And I'm not sure. You know, I'm not sure if the Patriot way can exist and be successful if you do not have a quarterback like Tom Brady who is preaching it to everyone. Because the Patriot way, like think about the direction that the NFL and college football and just sports in general is going. Like Mm -hmm. the Patriot way was so entrenched in being a team player and taking pay cuts. And, you know, everything was team first that I'm not sure if it's going to survive like in this era. Like, do you think this is an outdated mantra for a team to live by? I don't think so. I think ultimately, however you want to frame it, whatever you want to call it, it's really just about making sure that from ownership all the way down to the players, everyone has the same mindset and is of the same way of going about doing things because a winning culture is a winning culture and a losing culture is a losing culture. And certainly Bill Belichick for years developed this Patriot way, developed a winning culture. And now we'll see under new leadership, at least at the head coaching level, if the Patriots and the so-called Patriot way can continue and develop that culture that they lost in the last few years. If you missed our chat about today's Super Wild Card Weekend, make sure you download our pod. Just subscribe to The Daily Tip wherever you get your podcast. Chelsea, let's make some winners. Time to place your bets. Oh, I see a couple of NFL bets on the card. What do you got? Yeah, I'm going to go with the Browns on the money line, minus 130 as my best bet. I believe in Joe Flacco, and I believe in this Browns defense that I think travels to this one. C.J. Stroud and the Texans have been a great story, but it's not apples to apples here. Uh, You look at C.J. Stroud, he has to go against one of the stingiest pass defenses in the entire NFL. They are giving up the second fewest passing yards to opposing quarterbacks. That is the Browns secondary. I know they have some injuries, but so do the Texans. Will Anderson has been banked up uh, for the linebacking core for the Texans. I think that's going to be a difference maker. When you give uh, Joe Flacco more time in the pocket, he will slice and dice you. And plus, he's not going to be rattled. If you look at the numbers, this is the stat that we have been mentioning all week long for a reason. Quarterbacks who have not played in a playoff game yet going against quarterbacks with playoff experience are 17, 35, and one against the spread. They're covering just 32% of the time. So I'll go with the team with the veteran quarterback and Joe Flacco and the team with, I think, the better defense here. So let's go with the Browns on the money line here, minus 130. I'll make mine quick. Chiefs minus three. I'm going to lay the juice. Do you think the Dolphins are ready to win? On the road in frigid temperatures, minus 10 wind chill. The Dolphins 0-10 in their last 10 games when the temperature is 40 or below. They've beaten one team with a winning record this season. They're not beating the Chiefs. Chiefs minus three at Arrowhead.
All right, 8-Ball, please make it quick. We got things to talk about. 8-Ball, do Let we like the Browns? The All right, we know, 8-Ball. Shall it <laughs> or tail these noble betters? <laughs> uh, 8-Ball always has to have his intro. He said, hold your horses, Chelsea. I gotta have my intro. All right, 8-Ball, do we like the Browns on the money line? 8-Ball says, yes, definitely. That is one for one. Hey. How about... The Chiefs laying three points. Uh, four janks here. Do we like it, 8-Ball? Eight 8-Ball eight says, cannot predict now. We told you we were tied on time. Uh, let's get an answer here. All right, answer is Outlook Good. Two for two. Nice. A great way to go into okay. the weekend. You can check out the 8-Ball in each every show on the BetQL Network at twitch.tv slash BetQL. Chelsea, you do have one more bet on the card. Yeah, going with Isaiah Pacheco, over 64 and a half rush yards, minus 120. This is based on the weather and also the fact that Isaiah Pacheco has been really good. He's hit this in four of his last six games, hit this last time against the Dolphins. Plus, the weather is going to be terrible. I see the Chiefs in a positive game script and a bad weather game. So leaning on the running back here, Isaiah Pacheco, over his rushing prop. All right. Good luck to you, Chelsea. And now let's bring in David. I am I'm foregoing my sounder because of the eight ball being such a diva. Um, let's get right into it. It's a super wild card weekend. D-Gen parlay. I am betting all games. Browns on the money line versus the Texans. Dolphins and Chiefs under 43 and a half. I'm taking the Steelers plus 10 at the Bills. Cowboys minus seven versus the Packers. Rams on the money line at the Lions and Eagles money line. At the Bucks, total odds forty-seven to one. Total wager five dollars wins you two hundred and forty dollars and a nickel. Uh, let's go! Let's go! Let's go! That's our degenerate for you. Let's do our BetQL five-star best bet. Come on, guys! If you want to become a more educated, better, more informed, all you have to do is download the BetQL app. All right, Donkster, it's your time to shine. What do you got for us? Good morning to everyone on the BetQL Network. We love requested. Uh, Donkster, Donkster, we're running out of time. Double D, I agree with you. The best dads are dudes and donkeys. See what I did? <laughs> I did a little amelioration. That's, that's not what it's called. Okay, Dad. Oh Heat minus three. Hosting the Magic. Kings at Sixers. Under 241. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Dogster. You've had a rough week. You're two and six. Let's find out what Joe Ostrowski thinks about the Patriots. Hi, we bring him in. He's coming up next on BetQL Daily. Joe, you a little surprised with what we saw? Gerard Mayo uh, as the new head man in New England or not? I, I thought there was a chance it would not be Mayo once Vrabel became available. But mm -hmm. I think this has been the plan now for a couple of years. There was the old plan, like it was going to be McDaniel's eventually, right? And he moved on. Ugh. And and but like, <laughs> I think it's Gross. interesting watching the coverage over the last couple of days. That this has been Kraft taking back the organization over the last couple of years. Mayo was a Kraft guy. Kraft gave him the extension a couple of years ago. So it seems like this has been the plan for quite some time. My only follow-up would be, if it didn't work with Belichick, why would you go for Belichick light? That's what I don't understand. Like, wouldn't you want to go in a different direction? Mm. 
I don't know. He hit the home run last time. If I'm a Patriots fan, aren't you trusting Kraft at this point? Like he hit the all timer. Yeah, I guess so. I I'd say oh, okay, go ahead. I'll give him another chance. He hasn't messed it up yet. Yeah, that's a good valid point. point. I mean, at the very at the very least, when you talk about the quote unquote Patriot way or someone who understands the culture and how things are done, you would think someone who's been a part of the organization for that long would yeah. certainly know that. Something I don't mind is you know the teams are looking at it now and thinking. Okay, I don't have to be narrow-minded and only go offensive, which is, mm. you know, we know the scoring's been way down. Like, it's okay. Just get the best overall coach. It doesn't have to be the play caller. Joe, great to hear from you. Have a fantastic show and a great weekend. That is it for us on the Daily Tip for BetQL, presented by BetMGM. For Chelsea Messenger, Bill Rowland, Matt Bassani, and that big old lovable bear, David Double D Dykstra. I'm Michael Jenkins. Haven't forgotten about the dogster. Stay fit and humble. Have a fantastic weekend. You've been listening to The Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. If you missed any of the show, listen back anytime on the new and improved Odyssey app.